Hey, thank you, Pastor Joel. So you all have your, your, your Bible, right? You all got the sword, and you have it opened up to Exodus chapter 20, right? You're right now, you're, you're in your residence, right? An apartment, a home. I know some of you right now are meeting in motor homes and all that kind of stuff, but, but you got your sword. Wherever you're at, you got, you got your Bible, open it up, Exodus chapter 20, and we are going to begin a brand new series here where we're going to go through the Ten Commandments together as a church family. And here's the thing, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you live, everybody's heard of the Ten Commandments, right? In fact, most people know the story of the Ten Commandments. You know, Moses goes up on top of a mountain, Mount Sinai, and he meets God there, and God gives him these, you know, these stones, if you will, with these ten commandments on them, these ten laws or values that God expected his people to live by. And so he hands them to Moses, and Moses comes down the hill and, and uh, shares them with all of the people, right? Most of us know that part of the story. But here's something you probably don't know. The Ten Commandments are about the only thing that Jews, Muslims, and Christians agree on. All three religions accept the Ten Commandments as actual commandments from God. Bet you didn't know that. And for the next 10 weeks, Lord willing, we're going to go through each of these Ten Commandments, okay, individually, and we're going to see how they apply to our lives today. And I can guarantee you something. I promise that if you'll commit yourself to live by them, if you'll commit yourself to helping your family live by them, your life, your family will never be the same. Never. I guarantee it. So before I start, I I do want to encourage everybody. I know we sold a whole bunch of these uh, Ten Commandment journals Our pastoral staff put them together and they're phenomenal. And they're only $5 if you want to actually have the the, the book. And I suggest that you actually have the book. You can make notes in it and all of that kind of stuff. You can follow along right now. And there are daily kinds of things to do. And you can uh, uh, pick one up down at the church if you want. I think for like the whole family, it's like 15 bucks or, or something like that. But you want to make sure you have this with you right now. And if you want something else to, to kind of help you supplement the, the series, we recommend Kevin DeYoung's book on the Ten Commandments. It's really, it's phenomenal. And you can get this online, download it onto your Kindle or whatever. But this would be a great supplement to have as we walk through this over the next uh, 10 10 weeks together, okay? So to begin with, I'm going to come at this from a weird angle, okay? I'm going to set this up by laying a a foundation for you, all right? I'm going to give you the three great themes that you find in the Bible. If you were to take... You know, all the words that are written between these leather-bound covers, in my opinion, you find three great themes. And the first great theme is this, is that God wants you to love him. That, that, that's the, the greatest theme that you find in Scripture. 
literally from Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation, the theme that God wants you to love him. In Deuteronomy chapter six, it says this, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. In the Old Testament, we see this idea, this theme that God wants you, his people, to love him above all else. He's our God, we're his people, and he wants us to have this incredible love relationship with each other. Now the second great theme is this, is that God wants you to love others. So, so the first theme is love God. The second great theme is that God wants you to love others. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, once again I'm in the Old Testament, it says this, he ensures, that's God ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners, for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. And so I've just shown you one passage in the Old Testament where you, where you get this sense, this feel that loving others, caring about others, meeting the needs of others is uh, radically important to God. In fact, in the New Testament, it says this. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 22, was asked this question. Teacher, that's Jesus, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? In other words, go back to the Old Testament. What's the most important law? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. It's the first great theme in Scripture. And a second is equally important, Jesus said. It's every bit as important as the first greatest commandment or the first great theme, and that is this. Love your neighbors as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, is you could take the entire Old Testament from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through the last book of the Old Testament, which is Malachi. And if you were to take all the laws that you find in the Old Testament, if you were to take all the writings of all of the prophets in the Old Testament, Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Malachi, whoever the prophets were, if you were to put them all together, the number one thing is that you would love God. And the number two thing is that you would love other people. And those are two of the three greatest themes in the Bible. But there's a third theme, and that's this, that God wants you to live a God-honoring life. So theme one is God wants you to love him. Theme two is, hey, love other people. But the third great theme is, is that God wants you, one of his children, one of his followers, to live a God-honoring life. Once again, let me take us back to the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter six, 
where the Bible says, do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that all will go well with you. So here we have in the Old Testament this idea that God wants us to live a God-honoring life. He, he wants us to do what is right. He wants us to do what is good. And there's even an, a, a promise attached to it. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, the Bible goes on to say, and now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him. So here we have these three great themes, right? God wants you to love him. That's the greatest theme. God wants you to love other people and God wants you to live a God-honoring life. He wants you, when you walk out of your door in the morning, man, and you go to work or you go do whatever it is you do, that somehow, someway, your life reflects the fact that you do love him. In fact, Paul said this in Ephesians chapter four. He said, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And I've always been interested in what Paul said there. He said, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you. Paul, our brother in the Lord, the great apostle, saying, listen, I beg you to live a God-honoring life. In other words, he's begging us to fulfill the third great theme that you find in the scripture. But here's the million-dollar question. What does loving God look like? What does loving people look like? What does living a God-honoring life look like? In other words, how do you know that you're loving God? How do you know that you're loving people? How do you know that you're living a God-honoring life? Isn't that a great question? I mean, what's the target? I mean, how do you know? When you lay your head on the pillow at night and you go to bed, how do you know whether you fulfilled those three great themes? Loving God, loving others, and living a God-honoring life. Beloved, the Ten Commandments are the answer. They tell us exactly what it looks like to love God, to love others, and to live a God-honoring life. I'm often asked, Pastor Rick, do the Ten Commandments have anything to do with my life today as a Christian? And the answer is absolutely. Now, they have nothing to do with your salvation Nothing to do with your salvation. In fact, the Ten Commandments are basically the tool that God uses to let you know that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. So the Ten Commandments weren't given to us that somehow if we could live them all out that, you know, we'd get our golden ticket to heaven. That isn't why God gave us those. It's not how we are justified by, you know, by living out our, our, these Ten Commandments. But I can tell you this, they do demonstrate, if you are living them out, that you are a follower of Christ. They do demonstrate that you do love God. They demonstrate you do love others. They demonstrate that you are living a God-honoring life. So with all this said, let's get into the first one, okay? Number one, 
Okay, Joel had you turn to Exodus chapter uh, 20. And in Exodus chapter 20, look at verse 2. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. See that? That's the first commandment. God says, you will have no other gods before me. And I want you to know that the order of the Ten Commandments is, is really important. In other words, this first one is the most important one. You mess this first one up, and the rest of them aren't going to really matter all that much. You got to nail the first one. God says, I want to be the top priority in your life. He demands it. God says, I don't want to play second fiddle. God says, I, I don't want to be number two. Number two is pretty good, but I don't want to be number two in your life. I want to be number one. I don't want you to have any other gods, and by the way, you'll notice that's a small g, in your life. I don't want there to be anything that takes the top priority in your life. And by the way, doesn't he deserve to be the number one thing in your life, in my life? If you understand the fact that he created you in his image, if you understand that sin invaded your life, infected your life, and there wasn't anything you could do to get rid of the problem of sin, that sin separated you from God, sin keeps you from a relationship with Jesus. It keeps you out of heaven. There wasn't anything you could do to fix that problem, but God loved you enough, right, that he sent his son, the second person of the Holy Trinity, to come to planet Earth. He lived a perfect life for you, a beautiful life for you, a sinless life for you. He voluntarily went to a cross for you, right? He died and shed his blood for you. They put him into a tomb, and three days later, he walks out of that grave for you. He did all that for you. And when you put your trust in him, guess what? Your sins were washed away. All of a sudden, the relationship between you and God was restored. And now, when you take your last breath here on planet Earth, you're going to be in glory with him. Doesn't just that alone, you know, make you go, wow, he ought to be the number one thing in my life. Not my spouse, not my boyfriend or my girlfriend, not my children. But he ought to be the number one thing in my life. Now here's the deal. The reason why this is so in, in, important is, if you miss the first one, as I said, everything's just gonna fall apart down, down line. You're, you're never going to live a God-honoring life if you goof up the, 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 first, the first one. It's like, it's like building a house. The most important part of building a house is the, is the foundation, right? You gotta have the right foundation. You mess up the foundation and everything else is, you know, you're just doomed somewhere down, down the road. And one of the things that, that grieves me is that in America today, families are dropping like flies, aren't they? Families are, are falling apart faster than we as pastors here at Big Valley Grace can put them together, even Christian marriages. And the question is why? Why are so many Christian marriages crumbling? 
Well, it's not because they don't believe in God, because they do believe in God. I can't tell you how many people I've had in my office over the years, over the decades, who believe in God. They, they believe that this is God's word. They go to church. They do all these things. They believe that God created them. They believe that they're sinners. They believe that Jesus died on a cross for their sins. They believe that only through a relationship with Jesus is their sins, you know, forgiven. They believe. The reason why so many marriages are falling apart isn't because they don't believe. It's because they built their marriage on the wrong foundation. Somehow this first commandment that you would have no other gods before me, that I would be the top priority in your life, somehow got messed up. God was a part of their life. But he wasn't the number one thing in their life. And you may not even be married, and you believe in God, and you believe that this is God's word. But maybe you're thinking, man, my life's goofed up. My life is a mess. Well, I can probably tell you why. It's because this first commandment is not being lived out in your life. That God would be number one. That he would be the priority in your life. And so the reason why this first commandment is so important is because if you blow this one, then who cares about the other nine? Your life's, you're never going to fulfill the three great themes. You're never going to love God. You're never going to be able to love people the way God wants you to. And you're certainly not going to be able to live a God-honoring life. So, so we got to nail this first one. All right, we got to nail the first one. Okay. Now, uh, here's, here's the deal. Here's what I want to do. I want to share with you that if you make the decision to make God the number one thing in your life, okay, maybe you're sitting there right now in your living room or wherever it is, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I know God, I'm, I care about God, I, I serve somewhere at the church, I, I, I bring my offering to the Lord, I was just singing songs, right, to, to the Lord, but right now you're going, man, I, I just don't think he's number one. I want, I, want to, I want to tell you something. God, God promises you something if you'd make him number one. He promises that he'll take care of you. If you'll nail this one, he promises he'll take care of you. Listen to what Proverbs chapter three says. Proverbs chapter three says, in everything you do, put God first, right? Have no other gods before me. In everything you do, put God first and he'll direct you and crown your efforts with success. That's a promise. And so, look, I hope these little tools that I'm gonna give you right now, and I'm gonna rattle off these tools very, very quickly to you. This is the practical piece of the message. I'm gonna give you four tools that will help you keep the Lord number one in your life or maybe move him from number three to number one or number two to number one in your life because it, it's super Super important. And I was thinking about all the different things that can push God out of first place. Money can push God out of first place, right? Trying to make more money, gather more money. Work can push God out of first place. And for some of you, that's what's happened. You've been working so much that, that, that your career has taken the number one spot in your life. Sports can push God out of your life. 
could be a hobby like golf or tennis, uh, softball, I don't know what it is, but oftentimes sports or hobbies can knock God out of first place. Friendships can push God out of first place in your life. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals, right? Sometimes you can start hanging out with the wrong people. And you still believe in God, you still care about his word, but you know what? They've dragged you down the, the priority list, they, you know, God down the priority list. Uh, school can push God out of first place in your life, right? Schools just started up for lots of kids and they may be doing them online, but you know what? All of a sudden their education and getting good grades, maybe you're in college, whatever it might be, maybe you're in a trade school, and all of a sudden that becomes the number one thing in your life instead of God. Dating, boy, that can push God out of first place in your life, right? So the question you gotta wrestle around with, what's gonna be first place in your life? Making money, building your career, raising your family, you know, raising your, your batting average on your Thursday night softball game or whatever, lowering your, you know, lowering your handicap, continuing to, I don't know, date the man or the woman of your dreams. None of these things are evil or crummy or wicked in and of themselves. God, God doesn't have a problem with any of them, any of them, except one of them being first place in your life. God, God says, God doesn't care whether you got hobbies. God wants you to have relationships. God has no problem with you having a career and making money. He, he, he has no problem with that. What he cares about is, is he number one? You'll have no other gods before me. In fact, listen to what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter four. You wanna know how serious, serious this is? It says that large crowds were traveling with Jesus and he turned and said to them, listen to this, this is, this is super weighty. If anyone comes to me, but he loves his father, his mother, his wife, his children, brothers or sisters or even his own life more than me, Jesus said, he cannot be my follower. I didn't say that. Jesus did. Jesus said, look, <laughs> hey, love your mom, love your dad, love your brothers, love your sisters, lo love your cat, love your dog. Hey, hey, love your cousins, love your uncle, lo love your siblings. Nothing wrong with loving those people, but here's the deal. If you love any of them more than you love me, wow, you, you can't be one of my disciples. This is a very serious thing to the Lord. The idea that you would have no other gods before him. And so here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna give you just, just four things, okay? These are super practical things. I've talked about these things many, many times, okay? You've heard these from me many times because I think they're, they're really good and they're easy and I just believe they'll help you keep number one, God number one in your life or, 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 or help you keep God number one in your life. They're simple things, four, four tools. Here's the first one. Give the Lord the first thoughts of every day. That's the first tool. Give the Lord the first thoughts 
of every day. Okay, I want you to write that down, okay? Number one, give the Lord the first thoughts of every day. Okay, Proverbs, or, or Psalms uh, chapter five says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. You wanna keep the Lord number one in your life? You wanna take him from number two or three or four or five and bring him up to number one? I think it begins with this first tool. Give the Lord the first thoughts of every day. And that doesn't necessarily mean you gotta wake up in the morning while you're laid in bed and say, you know, morning Lord, though that's not a bad idea. But I do think that when you get up, you walk out into the kitchen or whatever, before you do anything else, it probably would be a good idea just to sit down with your coffee or tea or whatever it is, your bagel or breakfast, and, and just take the word and just spend a, a minute or two reading the scriptures and praying. Maybe you'd want to take this book and every day when you wake up, you know, just go, okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna walk through this thing and I'm gonna try to memorize the, the verse each week. I, I'm gonna look, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do each day's devotional. Take you just a few minutes. Listen to me. If you would give the Lord the first thoughts of every day, I want you to know it'll change your life, revolutionize your life. For me, I want you to know I usually go on a... Um, uh, uh, a walk every morning, early in the morning. And so uh, I kind of put my, my iPod on and the first, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes of it, it's about an hour walk I go on. About the first 15, 20 minutes, it's simply scripture. I'm going through the Bible. And so here I am walking, sometimes I have my dog with me and I'm walking and all I'm doing is hearing somebody read the scriptures. I'm filling my mind with the scriptures. Just letting somebody else just read the scriptures. And after about 15 or 20 minutes of that, I'll go to a podcast, and that podcast could be a, a, one of my favorite preachers, preaching a message. Obviously, I've been listening to a lot of messages on the Ten Commandments, and those are usually about 30 minutes or so. And so then I'll spend the next 30 minutes just listening to a podcast. And uh, then I usually take the last, I don't know, 15 minutes or so as I'm heading back to my home and I'll begin to pray. I'll pray for you know, my wife and my kids. I'll pray for the church. Uh, sometimes God brings some of you to mind. I take our prayer list that I have here at the church and I'll begin to pray for them. And let me just tell you something. Get up a little bit early, go on a little walk, and, and, and just listen to Scripture. Just do that. And I guarantee you that first tool, giving the Lord the first thoughts of every day, is huge. Here's the second tool, okay? The second tool is, is you give the Lord the first day of every week. So, so you give the Lord the first thoughts of every day, then you give him the, the first day of every week. In other words, set aside church. Make church a priority, if you will. And here at Big Valley Grace, we have a, a gathering on Saturday nights. 
at 6 o'clock, but we also have gatherings on Sunday morning at 9 and 11. And I want you to know something. If you'd give the Lord the first thoughts of every day and you'd give him the first day of every week where you go, okay, even in the midst of this coronavirus, I'm gonna sit at home and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure in my residence I'm watching the message. I'm hearing from the Lord through the pastor who is preaching. And, and if you're married, you, you gather your family to, together and you sit down in your living room or kitchen table or uh, you know, the backyard or wherever it is and you make that a priority. I want you to know something. That'll, that'll, that, that'll keep God number one in your life, right? If you give him the first thoughts of every day and you give him the first day of every week, I'll tell you, one of the things that has happened in our culture is that you find more and more believers who the first day of the week, and I'm just, in this case, using Sundays, you know, they're out running around, shopping, doing their lawn, doing their yards. They're, they're taking their kids to soccer or football or basketball or whatever it might be. And Sunday isn't a day that they've set aside for the Lord. It's a day that they've set aside for other good things but it's not a day that they set aside for the Lord. And I'll tell you what, what, what happens then is, is that he will slip down. He won't be the top priority in your life anymore. Hebrews chapter 10 says this, and Lonnie talked about it last week. It says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And we here at Big Valley Grace realize that we can get together and meet in lots of places. Right now, I'm inside of the, the brick and mortar building on 4040 Tully Road, and there's really nobody else in here. But we know that you can fulfill this in your homes, in your apartments. Uh, you can fulfill this in your backyard. There's lots of ways to fulfill this. The point is, is that look, it's just a tool it's a, it's a practical way that you can keep the Lord number one in your life if you give him the first thoughts of every day and then you give him the first day of every week. N number three, the third tool, okay, is give the Lord the first consideration in every decision. So you've thought about him, first thing, you've given him the first day, and now when things come up in your life, in your family, in your business or whatever, Give the Lord the first consideration before you make a decision. In other words, man, maybe, maybe you're single and you're thinking about where you want to go to college or you're single and you're thinking about maybe dating a guy or a gal or whatever it might be or, man, you know, you're, you're out looking for a job and you're trying to figure out what job you should do. Maybe you're married and you're trying to figure out what do we do with our, our kids who are acting up or, or whatever it might be. Have you allowed the Lord to weigh in on it? Have you, have you given him first shot and, and hearing what the Lord would have to say on the decision? Maybe it's a financial decision. Maybe it's a parenting decision. I don't know what the decision is, but if you want to keep the Lord number one, you got to think about him first thing in the morning. You got to make sure you give him the first day of the week and then you got to let him weigh in on, you know, decisions that you're going to make. Let him be the first one who gives you wisdom and counsel about whatever it is you're going to do. 
And if you're not sure that God and his word weighs in on whatever it is you're going to do, call, call the church. Talk to one of the pastors. You know, uh, uh, just email us, text us and say, hey, I'm about ready to make this decision. Does God and his word have anything to say about it? And we'll tell you, yes, here's what God's word has to say about it. Or we'll give you some principles that God's word has to say about whatever the decision is you're, you're trying to make. And so the, so the first commandment is, is you know, have no other gods before me, right? You give him the first thought of every morning, you give him the first day of every week, and you give him the first shot at every decision. And I want you to know something. Those three tools alone will help you keep the Lord number one in your life. But I, I, I got, I got one, one more okay, I want to share with you. And that is this. Give the Lord the first part of every paycheck. And um, for some of you, this is the most difficult one, right? So you give him the first thought every morning. You give him the first day of every week. You give him the first shot at every consideration. And then you give him the first part of every paycheck. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 3. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. Now, aren't you glad it doesn't say honor the Lord by giving him all your income? It doesn't say that because God knows that we have to work. God knows we have to make a living. God knows we have to pay bills, our rent, our mortgage. God knows we have to put gas in our cars and we got to buy food and all those things close. God knows that. So he didn't say, give me all of your income. But he did say, I want you to honor me by giving me the, the first part. And if you want to fulfill the first commandment, was to have, which is to have no other gods before him, you want to fulfill the three great themes found in the Bible, loving him above all else, loving others, and living a God-honoring life. Let me tell you something. You have got to give the Lord the first part of your income. In fact, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six. He said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Now I want you to notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say wherever your heart is, that's where your treasures go. Didn't say that. He said, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart goes. In other words, if you don't ever give, if you don't go online and text give or use the, you know, the internet to, to give or uh, if we're out on the ball field or inside of a building and we have a moment to, to give, if, if you're not giving some of your treasure, Jesus says your heart's not going to that. Your heart's not there. Your body's there. Physically, you're there. And you, you may have sang the songs and, and, and God's a part of your life. But if you're not willing to follow the Lord in this area of bringing your treasure, let me just tell you something. The Lord will be number two in your life, number three, number four, number five, something like that. He's, he's a part of your life, but you, you'll never fulfill that first great commandment or the first commandment of the, of the 10, and that is to, to have no other gods be, before me. 
And so these are four simple tools that you would give the Lord the first, you know, uh, uh, thoughts of, of every day, that you would give the Lord the first shot in any decision that you're gonna make, that you would give the Lord the first day of every week, and that you would give the Lord the first part of every paycheck. Four super practical things that I guarantee you, if you're doing those four things, the chances are probably gonna be really good that you're nailing the first of the 10 great commandments. And so this is what I, I want us to do. I, I want us just to uh, say out loud, okay? You can look at your Bible right now if, if you want. Okay, look, look, look at your Bible. Look at Exodus chapter two, okay? You may have different versions in your home or whatever, that, 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 that's okay. But I want us to say the first commandment together out loud, okay? Look at, look at verse two, right? Here it is. You shall have no other gods before me. Okay, let's do it again. You shall have no other gods before me. One more time. You shall have no other gods before me. I'm gonna pray, and I wanna encourage you. Take advantage of this great devotional. I'm telling you, this will radically change your life, your, your, your family life, your marriage, whatever it might be, okay? And so, Father, thank you, Lord, for our time together in the Word. I'm thankful for the Modesto campus, the Ceres campus. I'm thankful for this online gathering that we have. Lord, may this adventure of going through the Ten Commandments just radically change our lives as we read it, study it, and live it out. Keep us all safe, Lord. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen. Blessings, everybody.